Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Form of Fitness podcast. I'm joined by Duncan again today, and we're going to be talking about you know heat and cold exposure, what that means for your body, what kinds of uh, heat, heat and cold exposure you're getting when you're getting it, etc. If you want to start, all right. So, hot and cold like stuff in terms of you know what your base um, temperature is, how it fluctuates during the day, how it fluctuates while you're working out. A lot of these things are kind of new to the scientific study and mm-hmm. like research area, and a lot of people are discovering that there's actually a lot of um, very important effects of where your body temperature is at and how it fluctuates through the day. And there's a lot of like interesting things that you can look at at the body and specifically pinpoint from like your hot and cold, like mm-hmm. um, specifically when you work out your core body temperature goes up, which isn't really surprised anyone we're sweating, yeah. you know, but there's some interesting implications of this. And so one of these things is like, mm-hmm. if you can manage how hot you get, through maybe like um, cold gloves, which are actually being developed. Um, there's a couple corporations and companies that have basically prototypes out, but the biggest issue right now is kind of the portability, the feasibility. It's yeah. very hard for anyone to like take this thing around that probably has to be plugged in and yeah. to, to cool down their hands. But the idea behind this is to reduce your core body ch- temperature while you're working out through basically the heat sinks that are found in your hands. Yeah. And we've found that what it will do is it will help you rep more, um, not necessarily heavier, but it will reduce that level of fatigue that you get yeah. while working out. And so if originally you were doing five sets of five at a certain weight, maybe we can get you to 10 sets of five at that weight. Yeah. Um, and so like you're effectively increasing your volume, increasing your gain, right. increasing hypertrophy through this kind of science. And so there's a lot of other like cool little things that you can almost use to biohack your way into not only being able to lift more, but also having a more healthy life Yeah, and being able to be more productive throughout the day. Do you, do you know which faculties through which like this is like for this cold exposure during a workout, right? In what ways is it doing this? Is it by you being colder, you have better like aerobic respiration, better oxygen saturation, or is it like somehow reducing like lactic acid buildup? Like, are we sure about the mechanisms by which it's making this happen, or we're just observing this early? So right now, the current hypothesis seems to be that heat, like how hot you are, is a pretty big factor into how fatigued you get Mm -hmm. and it's something that we didn't really think about before yeah and so because of like this factor um decreasing your core body temp is showing to actually be a bit more impactful than dealing with stuff like lactic acid um and and respiratory rates and that type of thing because if you talk to especially a crossfit athlete they can talk all the time about how they're not winded you know Mm -hmm. that's something that we care a lot about is staying within like a decent respiratory rate constantly while working out because the moment we don't do that we fall apart um 
However, this um, the the if your respiratory rate was fine, you know, the ability to move weight should be fine as well. But that's not really what right. you see. Hmm. Um, and yeah. so the idea here is like there's kind of this third factor out there that 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 is yeah. your core body temp, and maybe it has something to do with lactic acid. Mm-hmm. Um, it might also have something to do with just messing with your body's ability to efficiently deal with things because when you do have a warmer um core body temp you have to sweat you have to put resources into not um letting your brain fry or these other processes yeah as well a lot of water usage on that one as well as as we've talked about like your saline uh content in your sweat right Mm -hmm. what you're outputting uh, by your sweat, you know, your sodium and all these things, and you're losing minerals yeah. actively while having to do that. And I guess you're not doing that in some regards. So, And those minerals are also utilized, utilized for brain function, activity, uh, muscle firing, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes a whole lot yeah. of sense. And we do know that, like, from an engineering <coughs> perspective, heat messes with the ability for electricity to conduct mm-hmm. and pass through things. And yeah. so that could also be another explanation where mm-hmm. – increasing the heat just makes it harder for your brain to tell your body how to contract the muscle yeah um and that would also make sense why uh we see we know that at high heats people do tend to go into some form of like hysteria Mm -hmm. as well as like hyper cold um as well like just at these extremes like your body just doesn't it's not in the sweet spot you know and you're also like this matters because like you can get stronger without going into hypertrophy without building muscle. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the mechanism is you're breaking through these new pathways of your body being able to more um, efficiently and more forcefully um, contract or move ligaments and muscles within right. your body while you're trying to move away. Making your muscles efficient, more yeah. efficient as opposed to making them bigger, which is uh-huh. something we have talked about a little bit as far as like muscle growth not being directly corollary to strength increase and strength increase not being directly corollary to uh, muscle growth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean that's really important. And uh so what it, well, let's talk about like heat. Like yeah. what is, what are some benefits to like some heat exposure as far as like, you know, your body can't always be cold. And I know this mm-hmm. is something that like we we really don't experience this a lot, but like I guess the best obvious option for what we're seeing is that people do like sauna therapy, uh steam rooms and whatnot. Um from what I've heard, that a lot of people do this for like good poor health as well as like getting your body to sweat out uh, any excess gunk uh, mm-hmm. that tends to clog up your pores and things like that. I know that uh, that's one thing. As well as some people say that it, uh, they just tend to feel better after it. As well as uh, muscle relaxation, I know that yep. that's a that's a big thing as far as that goes. Um, and when I, when I'm at a gym that offers a sauna, a lot of times that I'll finish up a workout with a with that and i know that that helps to uh reduce lactic acid buildup yeah. so um and there's also like if you want to talk about sauna and kind of this intense heat type thing um there's a couple of like pretty big benefits of sauna and the difference between a sauna and something like a cold plunge or a cold um shower is important because they do serve fundamentally kind of two different things right because yeah. both help with recovery right but saunas aren't linked to the reduction of hypertrophy yeah um, cold plunges are and so, like, if you're an athlete who's, you know, trying to be a power lifter, you don't want to hit a cold plunge after working out. Um, the recommendation is, like, four to six hours after working out. Don't uh, go into a cold plunge. And 
the reason why is because when you're getting cold like that, you're reducing your inflammatory response, which is a signal to your body to build more muscle. Yeah. Um, and so saunas don't do this, but what saunas do really well is they help you with your cardiovascular, um, like fitness almost. It's, yeah. uh, the people who hop into a sauna, like, especially like the long saunas, like a 25 minute sauna, they will report having felt like they are running. Yeah. You know, um, I, I can say this from experience. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I've done 30 minute saunas as well. Or, or, uh, yeah, 30 minute saunas, not, not a steam room. Um, which are, I mean, are a little bit, a little bit different, but, mm -hmm. um, what is it, man? Like a 30 minute sauna, dude, the first one will feel crazy. Cause a lot of them, like you should not take your phone in with you, yeah. stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. it's just, yeah, I mean, it's literally just sitting there. Yeah. I mean, unless it, you have like a waterproof speaker and yeah, like almost or, a heat proof speaker too. Like. Yeah. Too. Cause some of the, some of them get hot yeah. and I mean like, like your skin is genuinely hot to the yeah. touch after coming out because you're you're just getting so acclimated to this yeah. heat. But God, I mean, after the first like, like the first one's a struggle, mm -hmm. but then you do another one and it's like, all right, it's a little bit better. And you just kind of like you got a brain will through those first couple, mm -hmm. but then it becomes like a genuine part of the workout that like I would look forward to. Yeah, awesome, really, just awesome piece. Yeah, and then something interesting too, and like this is something that I don't think people like or really think about because it's not intuitive. But your core body temperature actually decreases when you're in the sauna; it doesn't yeah. increase, and this is because your body's trying to expel heat. And so, another benefit of the sauna is it's kind of teaching your body, okay, this is how I efficiently do this. Yeah. And so, when we go back to you know, part of working out is thermoregulation within your body having that sauna piece can help you with dealing with this thermoregulation without having to go to outside tools, mm -hmm. um, especially when like these outside tools haven't really been developed effectively yet. Yeah. They're still in the works. They're still trying to figure out how to make it so that like the average person can go and do these things. Cause the um, pro athletes, you know, if you're in the NFL, if you're in the NBA, you probably do have technology like this and you probably are submersing your hands. Mm -hmm. um, however, you're not, you know, the average person is not doing this. And so something like the sauna, which is available to the average person, is going to be very helpful in you helping to teach your body how to deal with thermoregulatory response. Yeah. And it's it's important to include both of these. And I think uh, as far as like the cold goes and the benefits of the cold outside of like a, like a, like a gym sense of mm -hmm. fitness is, uh, are you familiar with Wim Hof? Yes. The Wim Hof method? Oh, my God, bro. The breathing techniques, the cold, uh, the importance of cold in in that system is yeah. excellent. Like he is really, really brilliant, and he's really done something to really bring on this idea of inviting cold into your body mm -hmm. for immune health response, improved cardiovascular strength, improved oxygen, yeah. um, improved uh, happiness, improved happiness, um, like improved yeah. like really everything, and show that this was such a core piece of life that people that just kind of live the day-to-day -day without exposing themselves to extremes of cold is really what he focuses on. But also in the case of extremes of heat in some regards is it's just so crucial and so important that your body benefits in ways that you, that we really don't fully understand yet. Yeah. So. Like, um, cold plunges, cold showers specifically, like they, um, have almost like an amphetamine like effect on you after 
um, yeah. doing it, but um, not the the decrease of the effect is actually slower than if you were to take a drug. So like, um, so you actually come out yeah. off it without feeling the you know the yeah. normal dopamine yeah. drop and then then the craving yeah. right. So. so like you get you get this increased like ability to concentrate, this increased base level of happiness, and a lot of these things are you know well, cortisol related, mm-hmm. and then also. When you shock your body like that, you know, everything else seems a little bit easier throughout the day. Um, I can agree. <laughs> and, and, like, timing a cold plunge is a lot harder than timing a sauna because mm. if you're working out constantly and you're not, like, a jiu-jitsu, a jiu-jitsu athlete or almost like a soccer athlete, you know, there's certain sports or there's certain focuses in your, um, like, fitness where a cold plunge is not going to bother you too much. And that's yeah. usually if your physical exertion is based around skills. Yeah. So like if you are someone who does jujitsu, MMA, um, you don't really want to build a whole lot more muscle than where you are. Cause you're in a weight class. Yeah. Um, your focus is more on getting better at skills, skill your, work. Exactly. Your, and your success is relying upon you being able to put in the work mm-hmm. to, um, basically like, do these skills yeah, and master these skills. And so something like a cold plunge is going to be beneficial there because it is going to help you recover. And the trade-off of you not being able to build muscle as well, isn't going to be that like hurtful to you because that's not really your goal in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like gymnastics people kind of in the same realm are, you know, cold plunge isn't that bad, but if you are a, strength-based athlete what you want to do is you want to cold plunge in the morning before you work out mm-hmm. um and in the morning always like if it's something you don't want to do in the morning is such a good time to do it, it. really is authentically <laughs> yeah. uh i can say from taking like cold showers when i would there was a period in time where um uh, and i I mean, this was different than what we were doing last november where we yeah. did uh cold no showers. no heat november <laughs> yeah um we did cold showers all November, but uh, like this other time I was doing it and I just like every shower I took had either a cold component to it or it was entirely a cold shower. I mean, these could be anywhere from three to five minutes. Starting my day with this, like this being the first thing that happens like right in the morning, especially like you getting up about like 6.30 and cold shower on the back right at 6.30, it wakes you up, it jolts you yep. awake and it kicks your brain into gear. One thing that I noticed that is really like a bad tendency about my normal day-to-day routine that I need to get back to that for is getting up, slogging myself into the shower, and then it's warm. And then like it's like your brain's just – it takes so long for your brain to get activated. And this is why a lot of people get get the idea, uh, need a coffee. Need, mm-hmm. Like I need to get my – bro, a cold water and a cold <laughs> shower and – your brain will be on point. You'll <laughs> yeah. be awake in five minutes. Yeah. This is literally, it's the cheat code. Yeah, because what that cold shower does is it immediately um, invokes the primal response of your brain <laughs> that says, shit's going down, I need to get out. Something's happening. Something's get happening. out. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, um, like, and that's for the first like 30 seconds to a minute of your cold shower mm-hmm. or cold plunges. Your body's like, Give me out, give me out, give me out. And I you're just like out. shaking and stuff, <laughs> yeah. too. Like, um, and then after that, your your more sophisticated, um, like brain patterns come in and say, Hey, we're here, we're gonna have yeah. to figure it out. And so, something that 
is very effective for me is like I don't really time my cold showers. Instead, what I do is I kind of say, okay, I have to get through five barriers, right? And the first two are pretty damn quick, and then the last three are usually um, longer. Mm-hmm. But the first one is just like I got to get in. You know, I got to get in and expose myself to this. And then the second barrier for me is I have to get calm. I have to control my breathing. And then after that, there's usually like this. I don't want to be here anymore. And that's kind of my third. And then my fourth is like, again, uh, I don't want, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm like, okay, just get through that emotion. And then my fifth one is again, just kind of this, I really don't want to be here anymore. And like in the shower, like sometimes that's, I got to turn over to wash like the front part of my body. Oh, you don't hit the road. I try to consistently rotate to keep the water running. Like, like, so that way a fresh part of my body is getting cold. All I mean, I may sound psycho saying (laughs) that, but like, so a fresh part of my body, like, cause you're trying to, I, I want to make sure that my body really just never, ever gets the chance to create that thermo shield yeah. in any way. Just fresh, cool, just absolute consistent yeah. cooling, at least for the little first yeah. little bit. It's a good way to kind of get your body acclimate like, hey, this is happening. Like, we're doing this. Question is for your cold showers. Do you get in and then turn it on? <laughs> or do you turn it on and then hop in the shower? I... Because, I mean, it's a cold shower, so it's just I tend to turn it on and then hop in the shower just because that's the way I've always showered. Right, right, right. Um, So, like, like with a warm shower, like, that's normal, right? Because there's going to be cold water coming out immediately, but, like... But I lead with my head is what I do. Okay. I always lead with my head. Um, I've got to say, getting in and then turning on the water is... Bro, it, that honestly, as a mental challenge, I don't know which is harder. The stepping into the cold that you're looking (laughs) at it in front of you or... Honestly, I think it's better just to get in and then turn the water on. It's like 100% shock. Your body's like, like, because then the sound is new. Your body has no prep time, no nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're just cold. And then, like, that's another thing is when you're doing something with the cold, um, something to also keep in mind, especially, like, you know, cold showers, cold plunges, they're not like a sauna. They're not like a steam room. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not getting, like, immersed completely um, just by being there you generally do want to get your head cold because otherwise what happens is um, a lot of people I've reported like having headaches, having migraines, um, feeling like almost nauseous a bit. And the reason for this is because like, especially when you're dealing with cold water Mm. and it's only hitting certain parts of your body, um, it just makes your circulation and like your circulatory system do some weirder things just because you haven't completely made it even throughout your body. Um, and so like, that's just something to be mindful of is like when you hop into a cold plunge, make sure you dip your face in when you hop into a cold shower, make sure your face gets hit. And like those side effects won't happen and they don't happen to everyone. But like, it's one of those things where even if it could happen, you probably just want to hedge your uh, bets against it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's important. And this is one thing about, like, cold plunging is, like, I mean, I tried to take a ice bath in my bath at my house. Bro, my bath is not big enough for me. <laughs> I'm actually, yeah. this is hard to say, but, like, my shoulders are wider than the tub. <laughs> so, like, and actually getting submerged. I mean, it's your run-of-the-mill, like, shower tub. So, mm-hmm. you know, just can't do that. So I'm going to have to end up, like, for cold plunging, I think I'm going to end up going to Lowe's and getting one of those – big metal wash bins and then just sitting it out on my back porch and just yeah. like i, I don't know winter time i mean we can just win, winter time out. that's literally so per- it, 
Yeah. You just pick off the ice when it's cold <laughs> out and yeah. hop in in the morning. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's important. It's important to expose your body to things that are hard. Yeah. Right. Because we we know the psychological benefits of making your body overcome stress. Right. Mm-hmm. We know the because again, like going back to our episodes on raising T levels, we said that one thing was to raise your test levels is winning. Yeah. Right. And stress being alleviated from yourself, but experiencing said stress is what that is. Yeah. That's experiencing external pressure from an out, like again, from an outside source, not necessarily your own personal stress Mm -hmm. and overcoming it and seeing the alleviation of said thing. Your body is going to feel better in many ways and probably many more than you don't even think of. Um, Yeah. And like just psychologically, you do have to understand and be cognizant Mm -hmm. of not berating yourself and that's kind of why I don't love timers and clocks when doing like cold yeah. or heat exposure, unless you know that you can already like suffer through 25 minutes of a sauna or like 10 minutes of a cold shower or cold plunge. Mm-hmm. If you don't know you can just try and find a different metric because if you can't yeah. and you kind of like get super negative within yourself, you're going to stop a lot of the good effects of these things, especially yeah. the good psychological effects just from your own negativity. Yeah. Cause I mean, one purpose of it is overcoming it without sitting here thinking like, all right, I got to wait for the timer to go off. Got to mm-hmm. wait for the timer to go off. Or in the case of like, I mean, like I think it, it, it's a good idea to see how long you do it for. So yeah. maybe setting a stopwatch or something like that and just letting it count up. And then when you get out, turn it off, just see, Oh, five minutes, something like that. You know, it'd be like, wow. Like, really proud of myself that I lasted that long after only doing this a couple yeah. times, you know? And one thing you're going to do is you're going to astonish yourself by how much you can take because it's not like, because in some regards, a lot of times when we set these stopwatch or set these timers and whatnot, a lot of them tend to be arbitrary. Yep. Uh, it's like three minutes. It's like, well, what what's that number based on? Yeah. It's like, well, I've got no time reference, but most people yeah. say this is about normal. It's like, mm, yeah. I, just I, set a stopwatch and see where you're at yeah. by your own, like, Get in there, feel it, experience it, and then get out, and you will see how long. Yeah. Ideally, the minimum effective dosage of cold exposure is 18 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. So that's if you have seven days. I mean, that's, that's less like than three less minutes than a day. Three minutes a day. Um, if you go six days, that's three minutes a day. I mean, literally, if you if you're showering yeah. twice a day, that's a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, a minute every shower yeah. with some change in there. Yeah. You know, the, it's there might be some like hedging of that number based on like how short you go like you probably don't want to go any less than two to three minutes yeah um for the beneficial effects just because like you're not giving your body enough time to respond yeah it's kind of like cheating yeah (laughs) yeah it's like if you only um, show up for 30 seconds well it's like if i shower three times a day (laughs) yeah 45 seconds of cold exposure like oh don't get me wrong it's better than none it it is but all you're talking is system shock your body Three times a day. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, wake up, wake up, wake up. Like, that's basically what you're doing. You're not getting into the, all right, my body is learning how to generate heat now. Mm-hmm. My body's doing X, Y, and Z that are beneficial for me. And, you know, you just need to give your body time Just okay, this is the situation we're in, and then react to it. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just, go, oh, it's gone? All right, I don't got to do that. That's kind of how that situation is. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything else you want to add about I mean, like, no. I think we grilled cold to a... <laughs> Cold with heat as well. So, and I, you know, touching on saunas again, as far as like 
both of these things, like we're just, I mean, it seems like every month, every two months, they come up with something new, new study that's just, this is also what this benefits you for. Here's when you should do this. And I think most of the science has been the past five years because I mean, before that, as far as hearing about cold exposure, I mean, it felt like, like niche groups of people were like, oh, like you need to get exposed to cold, but it was never like the main scientific pipeline sitting here and saying like, hey guys, like cold showers and, you know, sauna therapy and whatnot for Mm -hmm. muscle, muscle growth, as well as like, you know, good cardiovascular health, immune health, et cetera. So there's so many benefits and I mean, we, we literally could not cover them all. I think if we were just sitting here and grilling through them straight. Yeah. And like, just one last thing before we leave off is like, Mm -hmm. these things are expensive. Yep. Especially if you want to get a sauna or a cold plunge for your house. They are expensive. Yeah. But there are certain programs out there, um, especially if you live in the United States, our like health based expenses are tax free. Um now, something like a cold plunge or a sauna, certain ones of them I know you can get for tax free. And um there's certain websites out there I can't yeah. like remember exactly who, but like there's people out there that are putting in the work to because all you need is a scientific study that says this is beneficial to your health and then you um go around a doctor and you get them basically to write a prescription for you yeah and they do that um and so now there's websites out there that have basically this marketplace of pre-prescribed things yeah um, for like general health Mm -hmm. and so like even if it it's not a discount tax-free is pretty good on like a one thousand dollar purchase yeah it is and that's I mean, it's just glad. It's great that people are getting this stuff to people for cheaper and cheaper, getting stuff more available. And I mean, that's the, that's the power of what 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 the science is doing. So, uh, with that being said, you guys go out there and get healthy. And we'll see you guys next time. See ya.